2: happening in the news? Welcome to the Rita Cosby show tonight. Later on in the show, we're going to be talking about the very cushy digs that now illegal immigrants, illegal migrants, those who have crossed the border, that they'll be staying in New York. They're staying in a very nice hotel that's basically four hundred dollars a night, Times Square, and It is going to be a place that at least hundreds of families will be staying. And also, this comes as Mayor Eric Adams in New York basically says that every part of the Big Apple will be impacted. That no place is going to be off limits from migrants. Uh, Staten Island was like, why are we getting some here potentially? Well, he said, too bad. Every borough is going to have migrants. So we're going to talk about that Later on in the hour and also some stunning details that also came out recently with Mayorkas that basically show that the head of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, basically was clearly aware that this whipping of migrants. Remember that allegation that came from the border agents uh, where people were saying that the border agents were whipping the migrants Those were the ones, the Haitians under the Del Rio Bridge. This was last year. It became a big to-do. There was a picture, and the picture looked like there was some sort of whipping or something. Well, it turns out, as we all suspected, it didn't happen, that they were not whipped. And the photographer who took the picture attested to that. And it turns out now that Alejandro Mayorkas, the head of Homeland Security, who at first, remember, was defending... The border agents and said, hey, we're just going to look into this, but I believe that they always do a good job. Then he turned around and went suddenly a couple days later and had a whole different tune. Well, guess what happened in those days? He got a briefing basically showing that it did not happen, that the photographer who took the picture says, no, 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 it doesn't happen. It does maybe looks that way. But I was right there. I saw it. Those are the reins. It wasn't whips. So, he had information exonerating the border agents, but somehow he comes out in a press briefing and slams them when he had better information that actually helped them. Boy, does it sound like a political vendetta. And now a lot of people are calling for Alejandro Mayorkas to resign. They're saying an honorable person would resign. How can you stay in that position? We're going to talk about that later on in the show. We got an action packed show. Also, one of President Trump's accusers, you know, there's been a number of them. Well, this woman who claims that something happened to her in a Manhattan department store in the 1990s, she now is going to get at least a little bit of uh, her day in court, if you will, because now a judge has ruled that President Trump, former President Trump, has to sit for a deposition in his accuser's lawsuit next week. She alleged that he raped her in a department store. And it's kind of a wild tale of what she says happened. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into your thoughts of the fact that he will have to at least testify for a deposition and what all of that means. Meantime, coming up in just about 10 minutes here on the show, we have Victoria Coates, former Trump deputy national security advisor. She's going to be joining us to talk about President Biden's oil policies. And the fact that he is now pointing the finger at everybody else but himself and his policies in terms of killing the Keystone Pipeline, in terms of vilifying the fossil fuel industry. So I want to hear your thoughts tonight. Can you see any way that this president is going to change his tune? And the thing that's really interesting, there's a report tonight that essentially says that the administration was begging the Saudis, do not cut oil production. We are begging you, don't cut oil production until maybe the end of the year. And the Saudis interpreted that as he was clearly playing politics, because guess what happens between now and the end of the year? Guess what? It's the midterms. And so the Saudis were like, uh, this guy is clearly playing politics. So what? He didn't want to have any problems with the oil or gas because of his crazy policies. And then after the midterms, depending how things go, but after the midterms, what? Then it was no problem cutting oil production and leaving America in a dire strait, Mr. President, because he didn't have an alternative, because you cut us off from being energy independent. I mean, this is crazy. It is absolutely crazy and shame on him if indeed that's correct, that he was playing politics and basically saying, well, if you want to cut oil production, you can essentially do it after the midterms. Boy, what is your reaction to that? First off, here is President Biden now threatening Saudi Arabia.
3: We should, and I am, uh, in the process when the, when the uh, uh, this House and Senate gets back, there's going to have to, uh, there's going to be some consequences for what they've done. With Russia.
4: What kind of consequences? Menendez says suspend all arms sales. Is that something you'd
3: consider? I'm not gonna get into what I'd consider and what I'm having in mind, but there will be there will be consequences.
2: So he's threatening Saudi Arabia, and yet he's not saying, hey, we're gonna develop here in the United States, we're gonna foster things here in the United States. Oh no, he's not reversing on his crazy policy that now we're energy dependent on Saudi Arabia and other folks around the globe. Thank you, Mr. President. Oh, no, no. Instead, he is spending all his money, not on new pipelines, but on climate change. Take a listen to basically, while he's vilifying Saudis, here's what he's saying about climate change.
3: What I ran on, I said, we're going to deal with energy. Right. And and the energy problem, we're going to deal with the whole notion of global warming. We passed $368 billion worth of help. Which, as the same bankers talk about, is going to bring a billion, a trillion, seven hundred million dollars, billion dollars off the sidelines of investment.
2: And he's not talking about oil and gas. He is talking about climate change. Well, many people, especially those in the Republican Party, Senator John Barrasso said it is all Biden's fault that we are in this dire consequence that he's now pleading with Saudi Arabia and other people. He's pleading with the Iranians. I mean, what a mess. He's pleading with the Venezuelans, for gosh sakes, a socialist country, which has been our adversary, clearly on many issues, and yet he's going over there begging, and he's still not contending that it's his policies that created this mess in any shape or form. It's like it's everybody else's fault but his own. What are your thoughts, and do you think there's any way that this president is going to reverse course? And could this right now, because he's clearly begging the Saudis and saying, please produce oil, please, 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 I'm begging you, please, because he knows that this looks so bad. And for the midterms, I contend that this could be this in crime because this is directly going to affect everybody who's gassing up any oil gas products that we use across the board on so many levels and if prices start going sky high. Then this will really be bad for this president, especially for the midterms and for, I mean, for the Democratic Party, because he's the standard bearer of it. But the Democratic Party will definitely feel the heat come November. What are your thoughts about how big of an issue oil and gas is and the fact that privately, of course, he's not saying this publicly, but privately, our president is begging the Saudis to please don't cut. Please don't cut. You can do it later on. But don't do it basically before the midterms. Here, Senator John Barrasso talking about Biden's policies.
4: It's not Saudi Arabia that's holding a gun to our head or OPEC. It is Joe Biden who's holding a gun to the head of the American people when it comes to energy. We can never expect... OPEC, to provide us energy that is affordable, available or reliable. We have it here in the ground. Today, we're producing two million barrels a day less than we should be. And it's because the Democrat policies, which are not allowing us to explore for that energy, not allowing us to use the infrastructure.
2: And he further says, Senator John Barrasso, that this is causing chaos, not just for us but literally for the world. The policies of Joe Biden have put us in a precarious situation.
4: The Democrats have ignored the fundamental truth that we are better and stronger as a nation if we are selling our energy to our friends than having to buy it from our enemies. But that's the position the Democrats have put us in by basically taking us from energy dominance that we were before Joe Biden came into office to energy dependence today. And American families are suffering when they go to the gas station and try to pay for gas. And I think the prices are going to continue to go up.
2: And if they go up and up and up, I contend that's not going to be good news for this president and especially his party come November. And what do you make of the fact he's still, no matter what here, he's going to squeeze play with everything that's going on with Saudi Arabia. And they've said, okay, we're going to cut production and our president still won't reverse his course. It's like nothing will reverse his course. Maybe skyrocketing prices might reverse his course. What do you think? I don't know. Is he so dug in? He just can't see the forest for the trees? Is he so beholden to the progressive left and their crazy climate change issues that he just can't see the light of day in any capacity? Well, here's a little bit more of Senator John Barrasso talking about the White House in code red mode. When OPEC came up with their decision And the
4: White House was so panicked. As you said, it wasn't because they were going to cut. It's because they were going to do it now and the elections are coming. Mm. They didn't say don't cut. They said, hey, wait a month to make the decision because they knew it was going to drive up prices. And this group, OPEC Plus, the plus is Russia. That means Russia's in the huddle when they get together and call the plays. The president was once again, no surprise to your viewers, caught flat footed.
2: Sure looks that way. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Anastasia. Anastasia, your thoughts. Evening. Thank you, Rita, for answering my call.
5: I feel that the more we leave this guy as our president, the more he's thinking us. He should be impeached for all the wrongdoing. He made this country... Uh, for people, we we are the talk of the world. Everybody's laughing with idiotic ideology over here.
2: This is not right. And you know what? Also, Anastasia, he's put the world in a bind. Not only is he putting us in a bind, but he's putting the world in a bind. And the Absolutely. fact that he doesn't seem to care—I mean, it's really odd that in the middle of all this, he's still talking about climate change. It's like, what are you talking about? I, I agree with you, Anastasia. It is. It is so stunning. And the world is now worried because the world was reliant on a lot of our fossil fuels. And now with everything that's happened with Russia, they can't go there. They can't get anything from U.S. I mean, there are it's just so many, so many unanswered questions. And the fact that this president from day one cut off Keystone Pipeline has vilified fossil fuels and he won't even admit it. I mean, it's just, it is outrageous. He wants us to believe, like, you know, he's Mr. Uh, you know, Mister uh, America First. How are you, America First? He's treating us like America Last. A- and that, to me, is abominable. Anastasia, thank you very, very much. 1-800-848-9222. And when we come back, we're going to talk to former Trump Deputy National Security Advisor, Victoria Coates.
1: The Rita Cosby Show. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Welcome back to the Rita Cosby Show. There are reports that President Biden essentially was begging the Saudis not to cut oil production till around December. What a convenience right after the midterms. And the Saudis basically said, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, we're not going to play politics with this. Wow. So he goes there, gives the prince a fist bump, and they basically give him I guess the middle finger, if you will, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Well, joining us now to talk about Biden's oil policies and where we are and in terms of also the concern, uh, a fascinating new article our next guest wrote for Daily Signal uh, talking about the angst that both sides have about rising fuel prices, and joining us now is President Trump's former deputy national security advisor. She is also at the Heritage Foundation as a senior fellow in the Thatcher Center. Lucky her. And joining us now is Victoria Coates. Victoria, great to have you here on the show.
5: Thank you, Rita. It's good to be with another Iron Lady.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I love that line. I love that. By the way, I I wish I had met Margaret Thatcher. Did you ever have the, the pleasure of meeting her? I did
5: not, but Niall Gardner, who's my boss at the Thatcher Center, was a senior aide to, to Lady Thatcher, and so her legacy is very much alive with us here at the Thatcher Center.
2: Absolutely, and and Niall is so great. You have to give him my best. Um, you know, you're you wrote this great article, um, Victoria, where you talked about rising energy prices. First, let me know your thoughts on how big of an impact you think it's going to have. Um, And even maybe both sides, Democrats and Republicans, deeply frustrated. What impact could it have on the midterms? Because given the developments now, if things stay as is and the Saudis do do this cut um, and don't increase it, you know, keep it as is, uh, that is definitely affecting our prices. How is that going to affect the midterm elections? Well, I'll tell you that the polling that that piece is based on
5: is from four weeks ago when, and I've never seen polling like this where everybody said over 60%, every demographic, every age, regardless of your party, regardless of your ethnicity, regardless where you were from, everybody said that their buying patterns had been affected by energy costs. That they were not buying other things because energy had become so expensive, and that means to me the entire country is feeling this pain. Yeah, and that's a great you point. Move on, yeah, and and I just I I you and I look at a lot of polling. I mean, I've just never seen anything that went over sixty percent for every demographic. Like everybody's feeling this, so you would think the president and the administration would want to alleviate that distress which would mean to my mind drilling here at home you know that we would want to maximize production but for them it meant that you would want to go to the Saudis and the problem is the president demonized the Saudis I was in Riyadh in the fall of 2020 when the president now president referred as then candidate Biden to Saudi Arabia as a pariah. The shock went through the kingdom. I mean, they they weren't I mean, nobody knew what to do with that. And now he wants them to produce more oil on his demand. It just doesn't work like that.
2: Right. You know, it shows also. And Victoria uh, Coates, the former Trump deputy national security adviser, Victoria, it also shows sadly, and this uh, breaks my heart as an American. It shows that people overseas, or at least the Saudis and some others, clearly see this president as weak, and they don't really feel like they have to respond to him because they're not responding to his wishes on anything.
5: No, not at all, and nor I mean, I, you know, it, it's painful to me because I I would love to be able to say to them, you know, we can make this better. I can't. Right now. But but they're correct that the administration has been so hostile. And I would go back to March of twenty twenty one when the Biden administration took the Houthi, which are the quote unquote rebels in Yemen off the foreign terrorist organization list. Let them just continue to lob missiles into Saudi Arabia. The Saudis asked for security help. And how did they respond? They pulled the Patriot batteries out of Saudi Arabia. So they basically said to the Saudis, you're on your own. And I think that's the message we got back from the Saudis last week.
2: Yeah, you are on your own. And how interesting is it, this report? Um, and in fact, uh, Victoria, we're going to be going to a quick break here. We've got a hard break. But mm-hmm. can I ask you a favor? Can you stay with us? Sure. That'd be great, because we're going to continue with you after the break, because I want to ask you specifically about this report that basically says, oh, yeah, wait until, you know, if you can wait until after the election, basically, or wait until December. And the Saudis said, oh, you know what? Too bad. Um, the other issue, too, and that is stunning, is that this president refuses to change his policies. It's like no matter what, he refuses and he absolutely is not budging. In fact, he's touting green energy at the time when we're all like panicking when we go to the pumps. We're going to talk about all of that. Take your calls, everybody. one 800 848
6: He's your numero
2: uno.
1: The Rita Cosby Show presents Back
7: the Blue.
2: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, our thoughts and prayers tonight are with Philadelphia police because three of them were shot today as they were trying to serve an arrest warrant on a suspect. A suspect was killed in a shooting that left three swat officers wounded in philadelphia it happened several hours ago after officers served a homicide arrest warrant to a suspect who then barricaded himself inside a residence two of the officers were shot in a leg and the third was shot in the chest uh... the philadelphia police captain john walker says that the officers returned fire at the suspect inside the home. The suspect was later pronounced dead. Um, The officers were taken to the hospital and are said to be able to survive, thank goodness. Uh, But our thoughts and prayers are with them and, of course, the entire police department. And it's such a reminder of just how dangerous it is on law enforcement, especially as they were serving a warrant and suddenly somebody opens fire. Well, we are talking about the crazy policies of President Biden, especially when it comes to energy and oil. He is now begging, like a beggar with a tin cup, going over to Saudi Arabia and going to people like Venezuela and Iran and others saying, please, please, please give us oil, when he should be just drilling domestically. But he will not do that. In fact, today, when he was in uh, Colorado, he basically... Cut off some mining. He did a whole bunch of stuff about oil and gas and mining. I mean, he continued. He tripled down, not even doubled down. In other words, he continued the ban. In the midst of this climate, no matter how bad things are, no matter how bad it's going to be on Europe, he will not budge. And he is so beholden to these left-leaning loonies on the green energy side. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's one 800 848 one 800 848 9222. Two, two. Well, here is Senator John Barrasso basically saying he has put us, meaning Biden, in a dire situation. Take a listen.
4: Board gas is $1. fifty a gallon more today than it was the day that Joe Biden came into office. But when you take a look at this radical climate agenda that Joe Biden and every Democrat is for, if they're allowed to continue in control in, in Washington, we're all going to be left cold in the dark and hungry
2: and also Europe as well because they have no alternatives now that they're trying to cut off everything with Russia of course given the war with Ukraine and no longer can we supply them by the way we don't even have barely anything in our strategic reserves those are our emergency reserves that we're only supposed to tap into in an emergency situation the president's already done it multiple times said he wasn't going to do it again And then came out this week after all the news with Saudi said, oh, you know what? Maybe we will tap into it again. I mean, that is supposed to be in dire crises, not because a president makes bad policies. Well, here is President Biden, because all he can do is blame everybody else. It's either Russia, it's the oil companies. And now he's blaming the oil prices on Saudi Arabia. Take a listen
4: right now they're calling for a stopping of u.s arms sales to saudi arabia
3: do you support that legislation we're going to react to saudi arabia
2: and they're doing do a consultation when they come back and uh, we will take action in other words you heard him say we may take action we may cut off arms sales to saudi arabia they're going to pay because they're not opening the spigots well they want to control what they want to do. It's the oil market that controls a lot of it. And guess what? If Biden had been energy independent, as President Trump was, we wouldn't be in dire crisis. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's unbelievable. Everything sort of ties back to his crazy, loony, lefty policies, guys. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 9222 And meantime, You know that so much of this is the policy. In fact, one of his advisors came out, and this was a stunning comment. I wanted to play this again for you tonight, because back in March, Brian Deese, who is basically the guy advising the president right now on oil and gas and economic policies, he said this on Bloomberg TV, basically That the whole objective is to just make things so difficult for people vis-a-vis fossil fuels that people will not want to do fossil fuels anymore. That it's going to become so expensive, so inaccessible, so difficult that they're going to have to go to green energy. In other words, like forcing this green energy down their throat, making fossil fuels so horrible that they don't want to go there. Take a listen to this. This is a stunning admission. And this is the guy who's meeting with the president this week to talk about oil and gas and energy and everything else. Guess where he stands. Take a listen. This is Brian Dietz on Bloomberg TV back in March.
7: The only viable path to energy independence for the American economy is to reduce the energy intensity of our economy overall uh, and ultimately to reduce it to zero and get ourselves to a position where we're no longer reliant on fossil fuels. That's a long term project. uh, But what we're seeing today um, and the geopolitics and the economic pain should only reinforce uh, our efforts to try to move there more quickly.
2: So let's try to move there more quickly, whether you like it or not. Like let's totally change the constitution, uh, the makeup of America. I mean that's unbelievable. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. How much do you think that Biden's energy policies or lack thereof are driving this country, Europe, and elsewhere into the ground? One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. And we continue now with Victoria Coates. She is President Trump's former Deputy National Security Advisor also at the Heritage Foundation as a senior fellow in the Thatcher Center. Uh, you know, it's stunning, Victoria, when I play that comment um, that I just played from Brian Deese, um, the fact that he was out there basically, and his quote is, the ultimate goal is to get Americans off of fossil fuels so the quicker we can get there, the better. Uh, in other words, like a forced policy by this administration, no matter how much pain we all take as a result of it
5: well and Rita I just want to go back a a quick click and thank you so much for doing that backing the blue segment I'm coming to you tonight from Philadelphia those officers are in all of our prayers tonight for their heroism what they're doing to keep us safe and the fact that you would use your platform to to uh, broadcast their their situation
2: means the world to us. So thank you, personally from the bottom of my heart for for doing that. Thank you, and our prayers are with the uh, Philadelphia and all our great men and women in blue. They need our support, and uh, and I know you are so supportive of them too, Victoria. It's my honor to do it.
5: A hundred percent. Now you know to this point, it's amazing when someone like Brian D says the quiet part out loud, which is they want us to go into this kind of dark night that they're creating for us energy-wise. If we were to do what they have proposed in terms of going into renewables and not using natural gas, not going toward hydrogen, civil nuclear, it would be the first time in human history when we went to a less dense energy source voluntarily. And let that sink into your viewers, your listeners, rather, that, that for the first time, we would be going backwards. We would be devolving into an area where you can't count on the lights turning on when you flick a switch. You can't count on your car starting. That's what they want to have happen. And that, that's what these policies are, are geared toward. And Brian Deese said it out loud. Like, this is what we want. We want you to have to depend on renewables. We're gonna force you into an electric car but you can't charge it. It it's ridiculous and no American in twenty twenty two should be energy vulnerable.
2: One thousand percent. And, you know, the thing, too, with the whole thing, with the energy, with the cars, with the electric cars we saw in Florida, sadly, during the hurricane, guess what? A lot of the electric cars wouldn't start because they got flooded in the rain. And then how about, you know, Gavin Newsom at the same time sitting there telling everybody, oh, yeah, use electric cars. We want you to get electric cars, spend sixty three thousand or whatever it is about to get them. But don't do it this weekend because we need to save the electricity. I mean, this is ludicrous. Oh, no, it's
5: crazy. And we had it uh, uh, 18 months ago in Virginia when we had the big snow and all the electric vehicles just got stuck by the side of the road and you can't get a can of something to fill them up. There's no way to restart them. So that's what created the giant uh, the giant traffic jam. And it's 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 just mind boggling that we can't come up with a reasonable strategy to, I mean, no one wants to hurt the environment. We all want a cleaner environment. Natural gas is the path to that cleaner environment. The clean use of, of oil and coal is the path to that cleaner environment. And what you can't get any of, of the administration to listen to is how do we create that that reasonable path they just want to go to
2: you know to zero immediately and they don't care how much we suffer yeah that's the issue um that they don't care how much we suffer they don't care how much other people do not want it uh, you know they've got a, a niche group that clearly want this no matter how much punishment and what's astounding to me victoria clearly it's a bad choice to begin with But given all the dynamics that are happening right now, wouldn't you think he could, you know, he could almost use it as an excuse, even if he doesn't believe it. But he could sit there and say, because of what's happening with Russia, because of all the issues with Europe, because of all this, I'm going to temporarily, you know, open up the spigots in America. I'm going to start doing this just because, given the dynamics, we'll go back to the climate issue at some point. But, I mean, he won't even give that. He'd rather have us be in a dire strait. And in a like in a in a spiral, that's like a death spiral for America and Europe with everything going on with Russia. And just think about if Russia was not selling its oil right now, if we were selling our oil, we would be making so much money. Victoria, I get so angry because I sit there and I think if we stayed the course, all he had to do was stay the course that Donald Trump gave him. He set the pathway. You were there during Trump's administration, Victoria Coates. He just had to continue that policy. And had he continued that policy, we, America, would be making so much money. We would be selling oil to our allies and our friends. They would be supported. We wouldn't be begging from the Saudis. We wouldn't be begging from anybody. And guess what? Russia wouldn't be rich to be able to supply its war machine to be slaughtering Ukrainians. That's all 100% correct.
5: And what's What's so sad to me is, as I said, I'm coming to you from Philadelphia. I was out in the west of Pennsylvania this week, out in Oil City, which has the former headquarters of Standard Oil, among other places, and Titusville, which should have a bunch of small producers just going like nuts right now. Uh, Those are the people who have the wells that you could start up or, or slow down depending on prices. Given the prices right now, these guys should just be drilling. 24-7. Twenty four seven. None of those drills are operating.
7: That's a travesty. Her,
5: I know. And I asked our local producers, "Why are you not producing?" They said, "Because we're going to get sued." We know what this administration is going to do to us. It's like a slow ban, uh, a quiet ban. They they are watching us, and if we start up, you know, we're they're going to come after us. So the administration is stopping. The our, our private sector that wants to help us right now from producing. And you have all the small guys, and these are the people who would say, okay, this is a boom time. I mean, these are boom bust people. They're like, you go through two or three years where you're making a ton of money. You go through five years where you're not making a lot of money. And they, you know, adjust accordingly. They're not making their money right now because they're not producing and there were some statistics on Bloomberg today that the projection that the administration had put out that oh yes yes we're producing at normal levels
2: is is not right by they're the way not. you're you're very kind because as soon as i remember when they made that comment today victoria i was like <laughs> what a lie I was like that. I use the phrase hogwash. That's the nice way to say it. Mm -hmm. 100%. But it's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Victoria, you are terrific, and we're so grateful, and especially, again, our thoughts and prayers are with everybody there in Pennsylvania um, with the police officers. We just pray that they recuperate soon, Um, and we pray that we get our fossil fuel industry so the good folks there in Pennsylvania and elsewhere can start opening up the spigots Because I I agree, it is so important for America and for our global security on so many levels. The great Victoria Coates, uh, now with the Heritage Foundation, former Trump Deputy National Security Advisor. Great to have you here. Thank you, Rita. Take care. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much, Victoria. We appreciate it. Let's go to Susan on line two. Susan, your thoughts you just heard from Victoria. Go ahead.
5: Oh, yeah, I feel like every day is just surreal, Um, because now not only are we begging for to Saudi Arabia, but Venezuela, we're trying to get their oil, which is expensive and dirty. Um, So we're bringing in expensive dirty oil from a, you know, communist country. Um, and, And I just heard that now Biden also wants to make the Venezuelans Coming across the border like the um, Ukrainians, I guess, uh, total amnesty or uh, and that's,
2: you know, that just doesn't really wash. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? You know, it's like it's like it's okay to do business with them, uh, but uh, boy, they're ostracized. So we have to put them in a special class for them coming across the border. I mean, he seems to be letting everybody across the border. I mean, that's a whole other issue, too. Um, But you're right. Isn't it interesting? Because they concede that it's a, you know, it's a dictatorship, essentially, if you will, over there, and that the conditions are so bad that we got to, like, let them, you know, get asylum quickly. Right. Um, But yet, you know, when we need oil and gas, we're going to go to one of the dirtiest places to get it. Because he will not open the spigots. You just heard from Victoria talking about what's going on. Victoria Coates there in Pennsylvania. They would love to be able to start drilling, but they're afraid because they know that people are going to come by and say, we're going to pull your license. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. The oil and gas industry has been so vilified. And this president has made that like his priority. Like even when the hurricane hit, remember, that was the wildest thing. The hurricane hits Florida and like. I think it's like second or third sentence out of his mouth was like, and you oil and gas companies don't start gouging people. There was no evidence they were even doing it. But it's like any chance he can like throw them in and throw them under the bus and create some like negativity towards them. You know, it's, it's almost like the defund the police movement. They're like treating them like, you know, like uh, pariahs, you know, and the oil and gas industry would love to drill to help us to continue to be energy independence, which we were under Trump. But yet this president, no way will he do it. He'd rather like beg from dictators and put us in this horrible position than actually do the right thing domestically and financially and on so many levels for this country. And that is just it it is it's heartbreaking. And I only see it getting so much worse between now and November and December. And as things get cold, guess what in Europe and they're going to desperately need oil and gas, you, you know, and we can't give it to them because we barely have any even in our emergency reserves, our president has left us in such a dire strait. There are people who use the phrase dereliction of duty. This is one area where I think this president, this has been one of the most disastrous national security issues, global security issues that this president has done. And I think it is incredibly dangerous. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. Thank you, Susan. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
1: The Rita Cosby Show.
2: President Biden leaving us and the world in dire straits because he is so beholden to his green energy lefties and will not drill, baby, drill. And right now he's going around begging, as you heard from Susan, who had just called a little bit ago, going to Venezuela, which is a lot dirtier oil, but it doesn't matter because then he can say, oh, well, I didn't do it on U.S. territory as if it makes a difference. If it's really dirty in Venezuela, U.S. is much cleaner, but let's get it from Venezuela and then he can tell his lefties that they didn't drill it here in America. Again, all at our dire, dire circumstance. I think this is one of the most disastrous and dangerous policies this president has had because we are now begging these dictators, and you know that they're going to say, hey, remember I did that favor for you, Joe? Well, guess what? Now I need you to do X one eight hundred eight 848 Let's go to Michael on line two. Michael, your thoughts.
6: Hey, uh, God bless you. I, I got to tell you that um, the Biden family and our president, it's such a shame. But truth be told, um, they're, they're, they're just just—they're um, sabotaging the country. They're compromised. Uh, they've sold us out. And, and everyone knows it. But no one can do anything about it. It just, it just uh, is an enigma. It's, it's It's really one of the craziest things I've seen in a real long time. And, you know, we know that, you know, there's uh, spirits and principalities that are at play. And, um, you know, the Lord Jesus taught me that, uh, and a lot of us, um, you know, that, you know, in the last days we'd see this kind of thing. But, you know, we we got to fight. we got to fight for righteousness. And and, uh, this corruption is just... uh, it's out of control. We we really need
1: to stand up against this.
2: Yeah, I agree. It is insane, Michael. It it is just I never thought I would sort of see my country sort of uh imploding from within and that the president would be doing something that's so disastrous. Um and we're supposed to be leaders in the free world. You know, we're like limping along now. Uh it's terrible. Um uh, let's go to Anne, line one. Anne, your thoughts. You just heard what Michael said. What do you think?
5: Oh, hi there. Thanks, Rita. Um just one more thing to add on to the horrible things that Biden's doing. It seems every time I call you, I'm emotional, whether it's about supporting the police or now this. Um, there was supposed to be an agreement that there could be oil drilling on Navajo land in New Mexico. Okay. There's like something like 3,000 acres. And all of a sudden, Biden put a stop to that. Okay claiming because there is a park like
2: on federal land but the Navajo people said "We'll we'll put a buffer of like 5,000 miles around it. No you're right Ann you're right and and you're right but they stopped it and they stopped it elsewhere um and and you're right it is heartbreaking it is heartbreaking and it's hurt all these different economies too like the Navajos like others. Thanks so much we're going to continue with your calls everybody. surprised actually um because this administration has not done a lot of things we talked about what's happening with oil and gas and the fact that we're in dire straits and the other issue of course is the border but i gotta play this comment because i'm still like tossing and turning over this one this is joe biden the president talking to cnn's jake tapper basically saying in modern times he really deserves to be on Mount Rushmore. Take a listen. What's your message to
4: Democrats who like you, who like what you've done, but are concerned about your age and the demands of the job?
3: Well, they're concerned about whether or not I can get anything done. Look what I've gotten done. Name me a president in recent history who's gotten as much done as I have in the first two years. Not a joke. You may not like what I got done, but the vast majority of American people do like what I got done. And so I just, it's, it's a matter of can you do the job? And I believe I can do the job. I've been able to do the job. I've got more done. I got the inflation reduction. I got all these le- pieces of legislation passed. And I ran on that. I said this is what I was going to do. And I'm still getting it done. We've got you know dealing with you know making sure the veterans get compensated for the, for, you the, know burn, I mean? pits. the burn pits, making yeah. sure that we're in a situation where we finally have action on guns. And by the way, I'm going to get assault weapons ban. Before this is over, I'm going to get that again. Not a joke. And watch. And so I just
2: think there's a. And he said, not a joke. Sorry, I clipped a little bit there, everybody, but he said, no, 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 it's not a joke. Although I think he realizes it is a joke. How can he sit there and basically say that he has accomplished more than any other president? In modern times, in recent history, in the first two years, well, one place he clearly hasn't done, not only in the energy sector, he's just blown that up, uh, is the border. And there are some new stunning details that I want to talk with you tonight on the Rita Cosby Show about this, because to me, this is just outrageous. Let's go back, of course, to last year. Remember when everything was happening with those migrants, all the Haitians that were underneath the Del Rio Bridge? So many of them crossed the border and they had that camp city, that basically that tent city, if you will, uh, underneath the freeway bridge. Remember that? And they were all over the place. But so many of them were just coming in at an enormous rate, crossing the Rio Grande, coming into the United States. And the border agents were trying to control them. Some of them were coming, coming close to the horses, and the border agent said, you know, we were trying to move the horses back so they wouldn't come in contact with the migrants. They use the horses to obviously, you know, control the situation. But they also use the horses to go around and look for migrants when it's hot weather. They go up into the hills. So those horses are like invaluable to the border agents to try to find migrants who may be, you know, in hot summer weather or if they haven't gotten food or water Uh, they can locate them in the brush and try to save their lives in many times um, because the horses can get up there. They can go faster. uh, They can certainly get into those tough spots. And so they're really invaluable tools for anybody in law enforcement. And remember when all that stuff was happening, uh, where those accusations started flying after a picture was published, which showed the guys on horseback, the border agents, and from the picture It didn't look good. You sort of saw what looked like sort of like reins or whips, if you will, maybe hitting the migrants. And if you saw the picture, it, it was an uncomfortable image. It looked odd. It looked a little bit. But the photographer who took the picture and was actually there when all this happened came out and said, you know what? They never were whipping anybody. But that didn't stop. All the different people in the Trump and the Biden administration from making those claims and saying that, oh, this was horrible. This was terrible. Um, You know, they just jumped to conclusions. And it was so bad. Remember when that happened because they did not give the border agents the respect or even want to even hear what they had to say. They just saw this picture that didn't look good. But a picture is not always what it appears And the photographer who took the picture came out pretty quickly and said, you know, I was actually there. I took that shot. And what they were doing was using actually the reins of the horses, just kind of pulling back on the reins, which is a normal process. They were not whipping the migrants. They were not whipping anybody. The border agents said the exact same thing. We didn't do anything. Um, And yet they were vilified. And in fact, there was a weird sequence sequence of events because Alejandro Mayorkas the head of Homeland Security, at first he came out and he said, we're going to investigate this. He was down there at the border talking to some of the border agents. And he said, we're going to look into this and see what is appropriate and sort of decide what to do and what not to do. Right. And then suddenly he turned. Suddenly he joined this White House chorus that started vilifying the border patrol agents. And it was outrageous. It was like, what changed, Nothing changed. If anything, there was more information. So it seemed publicly that these agents hadn't been whipping anybody. And yet the White House was on this huge course to like just blast the Border Patrol agents. Was it because they wanted to vilify them and hurt them and not give them any credibility because they were complaining about how open the border was? I mean, what was the reason that they wanted to manufacture That suddenly these great heroic Border Patrol agents who are working under dire circumstances to be vilified by this White House. I mean, what was the motive? We still don't know. But for some reason, it looks like they had some like a meeting, like a cahoots meeting at the White House and decided to gang up on the border agents. Maybe because they didn't like the border agents talking to the media about how bad the open border was. Maybe this was payback to them for speaking the truth and telling the American public about how bad it is on the border. But in any case, it was disgusting and it was horrible. And now today we are finding out that not only was it out there in the public for all of us to see, but there were at least one very specific email that went directly to Alejandro Mayorkas, who again is head of Homeland Security, and they specifically said to him, Basically, this didn't happen. We can verify this didn't happen. And what did he do with that? Who knows? But a couple hours later, he goes out to the American public and he absolutely vilified and butchered and just brutalized the Border Patrol. He went out and slammed them. So why was Alejandra Majorca so intent on ignoring the facts, Why did he purposely withhold information and why did he want to so badly vilify the Border Patrol agents? To me, that is shameful. So tonight, there are a lot of people who are saying he should resign. And quite frankly, I absolutely agree. How can you be the head of Homeland Security and be out there and lying about the actions of law enforcement that are just trying to do a good job with an overwhelming situation that your administration has created, and then you go and vilify them, and when they defend their, you know, themselves, you go out and double down, even though you know now that the facts did not show what you were accusing them of. And the fact that Alejandro Mayorkas purposely never went out and defended those agents after the White House did their little spin game— and he doubled down and tripled down, even though he knew the facts were otherwise. Case in point, an email that just came out a little bit ago basically shows through a Freedom of Information Act, the Heritage Foundation uh, basically obtained a document that shows that an email went to Alejandro Mayorkas saying specifically, listen, there was no whipping by these border agents. The guy who took the picture. This photographer who took the picture says it didn't happen. And what happens? He goes out and still vilifies the agents. That, to me, is despicable. It's shameful. And for that reason, I agree, he should not be in that position. He is, uh, he is not defending the border agents. He's carrying on a massively political mission and a disgusting mission by this administration to vilify those hardworking men and women that are in the border patrol. For what? What political gain to throw them under the bus? It is shameful. So I want to hear your thoughts tonight. It's 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Here is, first off, here's President Biden, okay, on September 24th, talking about the border agents. It was disgusting. Take a listen. You said on the campaign trail that you were going to restore the moral standing of the U.S., that you were going to immediately end Trump's assault on the dignity of immigrant communities. Given what we saw at the border this week, have you failed in that promise? And this is happening under your watch. Do you take responsibility for the chaos that's unfolding?
3: Of course I take responsibility. I'm president, but it was horrible what to see, as you saw. To see people treated like they did, horses barely running them over, people being strapped. It's outrageous. I promise you, those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. There will be consequences. It's an embarrassment, but it's beyond an embarrassment. It's dangerous. It's wrong. It sends the wrong message around the world. It sends the wrong message at home. It's simply not who we are.
2: All right. So here is Vice President Harris. Same day. Listen to her. She goes a lot further. Well, first of
5: all, I've been very clear about the images that you and I both saw of those law enforcement officials on horses. I, I I was outraged by it. I it was horrible and um and and deeply troubling. There's been now an investigation that is being conducted, which I fully support, and there
2: needs to be consequence and accountability. And then. She played the race card. Uh, Her and Maxine Waters both came out and basically saying it reminds them of a very painful era in American history. Listen to this. Human beings should not be treated that way. And as we all know, it also evoked
5: images of some of the worst moments of our history where that kind of behavior has been used against The indigenous people of our country has been used against African-Americans during times of slavery. And um, so I'm glad to to know that that Ali Mayorkas, the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, is taking it very
2: seriously. Well, Ali Mayorkas at first was defending basically the border agents. And then clearly somebody uh, said, Ali, you're not towing the political line. We want to vilify basically the border agents no matter what you said, because now A new email has been uncovered again by the Heritage Foundation. Same date, September 24th, 2021. And it basically came hours before Alejandro Mayorkas went out and did a very famous press conference where he suddenly flipped the script and suddenly started blaming the border agents. Again, first he was defending them. Now he gets information in this email that it never happened. Defending the border agents. And yet he goes out publicly and says oh, no, 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 they, uh, we're going to look into this. This is horrible. So I want to know, who got to Alejandro Mayorkas? Because this email that just came out is a bombshell. And it basically says that the photographer, uh, this Mr. Espinoza, who was doing the shooting, um, the photography, said those images do not show whipping. That he says there was nobody that was whipping anybody. Uh, that I took those pictures, the nation sees those pictures. No, 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 it's not, you know, it did not happen. The images don't reflect what happened. What happened was they were using the reins, essentially. So then what happens two and a half hours after receiving that email? Alejandro Mayorkas joins White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki at the White House press conference and take a listen to the narrative that he pushed that day.
0: We, our entire nation, saw horrifying images that do not reflect who we are, who we aspire to be, or the integrity and values of our truly heroic personnel in the Department of Homeland Security. The investigation into what occurred has not yet concluded. We know that those images painfully conjured up the worst elements of our nation's ongoing battle against systemic racism.
2: What is he talking about? First of all, it didn't happen. And second of all, he wasn't playing the race card at first. And it sounds like somebody got to him and said, here's our line. It sounds almost like what Vice President Harris said. And it's like, what, if you don't go along with whatever the narrative is, even if it means throwing border agents under the bus, and even if it's, quote, not correct, you got to change your narrative. I don't care what you say. By the way, they've never filed charges against these guys. They determined that the whipping didn't happen. What a surprise. They knew it before Alejandro Mayorkas made those statements. He is the head of Homeland Security. Shame on that man. How could he have them go out there, make those statements? How could he himself make those statements? And how could he, with a straight face, throw those great men and women working at the border? How could he throw them under the bus? It is outrageous. Well, take a listen. Here's Brandon Judd. He is president of the National Border Patrol Council. And he says this email that exposes what Mayorkas knew before he vilified the agents is a bombshell.
7: It is smoking, smoking gun evidence. And it clearly shows that they're willing to lie to the American people. For, for their self-interest. They withheld facts. And any time that you withhold facts from the American people, you should be willing to step down from your job. Better men would step down.
2: Better men would step down as opposed to going out there right now. First of all, I think you should resign given the fact this is just exposed who he is and what the administration is all about. But I also think when they came to him that day, did he say, oh, no, 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 that's not correct? Why didn't he resign then? That would have been an honorable thing to do and say, listen, this is not appropriate to these hardworking men and women. And instead, he went out there and towed the party line when he knew it was not true. And you know that the Biden administration, not just him, but the president knew, the vice president knew. And yet they started playing the race card and vilifying these Border Patrol agents who've been put now on, like, desk duty for almost a year. I mean, that's disgusting. What do you think should happen to Alejandro Mayorkas? And how much of a bombshell do you think this email is? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222.
1: The Rita Cosby Show. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: And we are talking about the fact that Alejandro Mayorkas knew that the border agents hadn't whipped the migrants. Remember that whole thing? There was that big scandal last year. And he still went out and vilified the border agents anyway, accusing them basically of being racist. And now it turns out emails expose He knew the truth, but he didn't want to share it with the American public. Shame on him. Take a listen. This is Greg Gutfeld saying what he thinks about Alejandro Mayorkas. This guy's
0: a stooge. Actually, he's worse than a stooge. He's a betrayer because he hung his own employees out to dry for minimal political gain. I mean, these guys did go through like a public hanging. Do you yep. remember how the press acted? Yep. It was basically an opportunistic hate crime hoax, right? It was, it was incendiary. Everybody who talked about this was so emotionally invested in it, they didn't want to know the truth. And, and we, we were really good. I thought we, we were like going, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. Nobody else did. If you work under Mayorkas, you cannot trust him again. Right. He's a rat.
2: Is he a rat? And should he resign after this embarrassing, blatant lie to the American public? Let's go to let's go to William. Uh, William, your thoughts on line six. What do you think, William?
7: Yeah, the. the- the rain thing, it's its a method known as twirling. You have to pull and uh, release on a horse to get it to turn, and then the the reins typically will make a twirling motion when you do that. Anybody knows about horseback ride knows that. So why would they lie? Why would they tell us such an obvious lie? Because Mayorkas has taken orders from higher powers. The reason why your border is wide open is a method known as Cloward Piven. They import a bunch of immigrants to cause division amongst the country to collapse civil society, the collapse of the country. Therefore, they think they're going to get power out of it. That's why they're doing what they're doing. That's why they're telling me they have enough nerve to tell an obvious lie like this.
2: Well, you know what it's doing? Boy, uh, William, is it hurting all of us big time because that is a huge security risk. And then to vilify the people, it's like there, it's almost like I I bring it up almost a bit like the defund the police, if you will, because vilifying the good men and women who are protecting our streets, vilifying the good men and women who are protecting our border. Are you seeing a pattern here? Because I sure am. When we come back, one of my favorite segments. Support our heroes.
1: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
2: And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing here on the show every night where we honor our great military and their families, a powerful story coming from Lexington Township, Ohio, where a veteran, Kenneth Harper, uh, is a humble man, but not one also for a lot of fanfare at the same time. The 80-year-old veteran, however, couldn't shy away from the spotlight when he received a special quilt and also a parade in his honor for his 27 years of military service. He said, I know there are a lot of people more worthy than I am. I accept it gracefully. Harper, of course, was in the military, served three years between 1960 and 1963. He was an aviation machinist mate. And then also he fixed aircraft between the U.S. Navy and the Ohio Army National Guard, Get this, for nearly 30 years. He also taught special education for the same amount of time. And he says, quote, I was blessed to be in the military. Um, Melissa Siebert of Canton, Ohio, she's a longtime military advocate, which represents groups involved in this beautiful parade and quilt presentation to veteran Kenneth Harper said they want veterans to know that they are not forgotten. That's why they do this. She said, your service still means something so much today. She also said that the quilts are made locally and they're personalized for each veteran. She said, quote, no two quilts are alike because no two heroes are alike. How beautiful. And I love the fact that the community is honoring our brave and great veterans, and how beautiful Kenneth Harper honored as a great, great American. We love doing these stories here on the Rita Cosby Show because it shines such a great light on our great military and also their families. Well, of course, a number of folks tied to the military have been trying to help out at the border from time to time because it is a disaster there. And now you heard the new information that just came out a little bit ago, That there is an email that is a bombshell, a smoking gun, if you will, that basically reveals that Alejandro Mayorkas, of course, the head of Homeland Security, knew that these border agents who are working so hard on the border, the ones that were on the horses... That they did not whip the migrants last year. Remember that whole big controversy? Well, now it turns out they had emails. They had tons of information from people that were actually at the scene right there, including the photographer who took the very famous picture. And the photographer and others said, no, they weren't whipping them. As you just heard one of our callers describe, it's twirling. Uh, I have a friend who owns a great cattle ranch. She's talked about the twirling that happens. Uh, This is a common procedure. You twirl. That's the way you bring the horse back so the horse doesn't get in the way of the people. It actually, like, helps the people, helps the horse. They were not whipping the individuals. And Alejandro Mayorkas knew it, and yet he went out publicly and smeared the Border Patrol agents that were put on desk duty for almost a year. They also had their pay docked for, quote, administrative reasons. No criminal charges because, of course— They figured it out. It was all one big lie and it never happened. So what do you think should happen to Mayorkas now? I say he should be fired. He should resign or be fired, especially resign. Because quite frankly, if you look at it, it's clear he knew, Biden knew, Kamala Harris knew, and they all basically accuse these border agents of being big old racists. This is what Dana Perino on Fox News had to say a little bit ago she said it is outrageous and that a lot of people have a mea culpa. These horse patrols that got pulled off of the job
5: because and, and how many illegal immigrants came across during that time because of this? I think that the president owes these horse patrol an apology. He should, he should, go, he should go to the border and visit them or she should invite them to the White House and actually apologize on camera. And Mallorca ought to, ought to have to answer from this. And if the Republicans take over. In January, he will be up there and he will have to answer for it under oath.
2: Yeah, let's hope that happens because who else did he share that email with? You know, we shared it with the president. The president never changed his tune, nor did Mayorkas. They never apologized. It is disgusting. And in the middle of all this, of course, the border is still wide open. They're not vilifying the people who are crossing illegally. No, they're treating them, as we're now learning New York City Mayor Eric Adams is using a luxury hotel, the Row New York City Hotel, the very famous, formerly iconic Milford Plaza. Remember, that was like said to be at the center of the world. Remember, that was one of their advertisements. Well, now that very luxury $400 a night, Times Square Hotel, it has a thousand rooms. A number of them are going to be used for these migrant families that are coming to New York. So let me get this straight. We got an open border. We got an administration that lied, that accused the border agents of whipping. And those who are crossing the border illegally are going to be put up, taxpayers' expense, in $400 a night hotel rooms at the Milford Plaza, now the Roe Hotel. I would love to be there. What are they going to have, like room service? Is it going to say, uh, would you like Chateaubriand, or would you like Lobster Ella Whiskey? And would you like, you know, uh, Dom Perignon, or would you like Moet tonight, you know, sir? You know, I know you just crossed illegally with your family, and, and some of you may have cartel connections or criminal records, but come on in. Enjoy yourself. Welcome to New York, courtesy of Eric Adams and the New York taxpayers. To me, there's something wrong that we have homeless veterans as we just did our beautiful Support Our hero segment, and yet we have migrants who are being put up in $400 a night hotel rooms. And guess what? This hotel is also located in the same district as PS33. That's a public school in New York City that parents have already come out to the New York Post saying, that they're already overburdened by the sudden influx of migrant students who can't speak English in their classes. So they've already got way too many that are having an impact on the students who are speaking English because suddenly these kids just get plopped into the middle of a classroom. That's happening in cities all over the country. And now you're going to put a hotel with more of them there that will surely go to schools you're giving them free cell phones. You're giving them free meals. You're giving them a $400 night hotel room. Have we lost our mind? one eight hundred eight 848 Let's go to Don. Line 8. Don, your thoughts.
6: Hey, Rita. Don, nice to meet you. i listened to you a long time. First time I'm calling you. Um, here's the thing on Mayorkas. I believe that um, they all knew, obviously they all knew it was wrong. But they said to him, you know, Alejandro, they did whip us for a long time. They did whip us for a hundred years, and you know we could really use this, and we could really take the attention away from the border. And I know it'd be wrong for you to lie about it, but I'm not forcing you to do it. But she was. It'd be great if you could, but we have to send an email to cover ourselves, okay? And uh, I but but see, that. the
2: email actually said the opposite, Don. The email actually said it didn't happen, and it's and it's sent to Majorcas from like his deputy. And then he goes out to a briefing and tells otherwise. That's a liar, don't you think?
6: Right, right. But did, don't you think that they told him to lie for us, It's for the greater good? That's how they think. It's for the greater good. Uh, and you're going to have to land on your sword one day for this, for us.
2: By the way, well, we I, I actu- Don, I actually think you're right. I think because how else do you suddenly go from we're going to look into this. They're good people at the border, which is obviously the right thing to say at the time, which is what he said, like the day that the accusations came out um, and it sounded like, oh, we're just going to look into it and then it'll probably just get, you know, discarded. And then he did a 180. So can you think of any other way that that would have happened? No, because if he if he did a 180, anytime you do a 180 in truth on them. They go nuts
6: against them. They they, they go nuts on the. They never let them live it down. They cancel them out.
2: They know it's, they, this is all part of the plan because he didn't have any consequences from them. Really I scary. Mean, By the yeah. way, Don, how scary is that? Because you know what you think of? Think, and I, I brought up the analogy of it's the way they're handling defund the police. Police are working their butts off. And that's why we always do our Back the Blue segment here on the show. So they're working their butts off. Uh, Men and women on the streets, their job is so tough, it's so risky. And what does this administration do? They vilify the police. Same thing with the border. The men and women on the border are working under unbelievable conditions. And now, as a result, by the way, of that whole thing that happened with these migrants when those accusations came out of the, quote, whipping, which we know now was a whole bunch of BS, they actually remember they took the horses away from the guys. It's like, how else can we make it more difficult for them on the border? So what? What? What everybody wants to leave and never work on the border, so they kind have of even more open border. I mean, you know, why would you purposely vilify people who are, quote, "protecting us? It's sort of almost a like, I agree that they wanted to tap into the, the wokeness as you're talking about. But I also think they use it as an opportunity to go after people in law enforcement in in any capacity. It's like, let's throw them under the bus, even if we know it's not true. I mean, I'm seeing a really disgusting pattern here, Don. What about you?
6: Sure, absolutely. It's all part of the it's all part of causing the chaos, making the American uh, general good person who loves the country, hate, hate everything and not believe in anything. Drive us crazy. And it's all part of the plan. And it's, it's. I swear to God, it feels like it comes directly from Barack Obama's uh, playbook.
2: Well, and And I and Don, I think he's pulling the strings behind there, too. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. I think that he's absolutely pulling the strings there and uh, running the show. And clearly Kamala Harris, because I think, you know, her words sound like her. And then suddenly they were like planted in Biden's mouth, which isn't difficult because all he needed was a cue card and a pulse. Um, and then, uh, you know, then you hear the same thing in my orchids. It's like they parroted the same phrasing. It's like, we're going to use this phrasing to vilify these people. So what they're all going to like, What? hopefully nobody wants to protect the border anymore. Is that the plan? You know, I mean, it it, it is outrageous. Don, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Pete, uh, line six, Pete, your thoughts.
7: Yeah, Rita. Hi, thank you for, uh, taking me on your show. Um, you know, it's all about leadership, uh, Rita. Pale Lead, leadership across the board, number one. Number two, I have never trusted the damn government. I'm a Vietnam vet. I have never trusted the government for anything. I wouldn't trust them as far—I wouldn't trust them any further than my neighbor's dog, and I, I like my neighbor's dog. But i got to tell you, Rita, in all honesty, these people are foul. They're evil, and they're out to tear this country down. And the other thing is, Rita— Hunter Biden and all this crap going on and Durham report and all this crap is never going anywhere. Hunter may pay a fine through the SEC and all this other crap venues. You know, Rita, it's never going to change. It's only going to get worse. And George Carlin got it right years ago on one of his shows. Crap in. When you vote crap in, you get crap out. And every four years, we do the same thing over and over again. And this is the end result. Am I wrong?
2: You know what? That's a scary premise. I think, by the way, I think you're wrong in the sense, Pete, that things could change, especially in the midterms, because if the Republicans get in, they have vowed that there will be investigations. And if things turn around in the midterms for the Republicans, they have said that they're going to go sort of full force. They'll feel emboldened. Um, You know, Republican candidates for president will then feel emboldened. It sort of starts, if you will. Um, what this country is about is like different opinions. Because right now it's like woke, 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 woke. And, you know, if there's insanity, you know, you can't block it, you know, because they have no choice. You know, the Republicans have no choice because it's Democrat, Democrat. You know, I'm talking House, Senate, and then you've got a Democratic White House. But if things were to change, I absolutely do believe. I mean, here James Comer has said, I'm going to call Hunter Biden up. Uh, James Comer and others have said, we're going to call Fauci up. Others have said... You know, we're going to call my orcas up. So I actually think that that could potentially change it. Um, And let's hope because, boy, I don't know if we can handle another uh, two straight years. My goodness. of This share insanity, Pete. Thank you, Pete. Always love hearing from you, Pete from New Hampshire. Thank you very much. Let's go to Tony in Delaware. Line three, Tony, uh, your thoughts about all this tone.
8: Um, yes, man. Um, I'm a first-time caller, and, um, and first of all, I'd like to thank you for uh, just your truth and transparency in your shows, all the stuff that I've been listening to. Um, this is a great show. Um, just um, recently, <laughs> um, years ago, about ten years ago, I got married, and I became I became uh, awakened to the truth of of where we stood as a, um, a country, as far as my political beliefs. Um, and I just thank my wife for just um, leading, guiding me in that aspect, but. Uh, by, by the way, you know what the you now? know what
2: the lesson is? Always listen to a woman, Tony. That is the lesson. Your wife will attest, okay?
8: Yeah, because uh she took me to a Republican uh uh, uh I think it was some type of thing she was doing for the polls. And I was I, I grew up a Democratic. I'm uh born and raised in Philadelphia, but I live in Delaware now. And um everything that I've seen as far as the border and everything, this is disgusting. Um, I'm saddened. My, my prayer goes out to, you know, just all the brave men and women that, that you know, are trying to secure our country and protect our cities. And earlier this evening, you, you mentioned about, you know, Philadelphia. So, yes, our prayers go out with them. Um, my prayers go out for my son who just uh, graduated police academy for Amtrak. So our, our brave men and women have a hard, hard, hard job today. Um, but as far as Mariocus, this guy should uh, be uh, – fired and and no doubt, doubt I, I agree exactly with everything that, that you're saying about it like he should be fired period like in the discussion um and, and i just have to give a shout out to uh, our, our great president uh ex-president trump um he did an excellent job um and american people um they have <clears throat> allowed themselves to be lured sleep with all the lies and the uh just the freebies that they think they're getting and it's destroying our country.
2: Now, did you hear uh tone how Biden by the way last night and I want to play this clip. Um this is Biden where he says that he could beat Trump. Um this was during an interview and here he he's doing this interview with Jake Tapper of CNN. And despite all the things that you and I see with the open border and with all the issues and all the problems Uh, Biden sounds like he thinks he's the white knight. Take a listen to this.
4: One of the calculations that you think you're the only one who can beat
3: Donald Trump. I believe I can beat Donald Trump
2: again. I believe I can beat him again. What do you say to that tone?
8: Well, man, what what I say to that is that, like, just look at the look at what's going on with his, his political. Uh, disruption of our our country and and the very fact that you said earlier uh, of how um, it it seems as if we're going to implode. And and I heard someone tell me years ago that that's what happened to Rome, and I'll leave it at that.
2: And how sad is that? We both obviously very, very much love this country. Say hi to your wife. Wonderful stuff. We'll continue with your calls after the break, everybody. The
1: Rita Cosby Show. (laughs)
2: listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Eric Adams putting up the migrants in a $400 a night Times Square Hotel. He announces it today. By the way, he puts it out in like a paper statement because he knows people are going to go crazy. I mean, you know, I want to know, do they get laundry? Uh, Do they get room service? Do they get gym privileges? Uh, What else do they get? Do they get to decide between lobster bisque and French onion soup? I mean, this is crazy, insane. And this comes as we find out that Mallorca's lied. He knew that the border agents didn't whip the migrants in that very controversial picture a year ago. And yet he went out to the public and he smeared them and he called them racist. It is disgusting. And now it's in writing. There's a bombshell email that just came out today which shows Mayorkas knew that wasn't true, nor did anybody else in the administration, yet they continued to smear the border agents. Boy, do our border agents have a tough job when you have an administration that calls them racist when they don't even do anything wrong. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline. Uh, Line eight, Jacqueline, your thoughts about this. This is disgusting. It makes me sick, and Mayorkas should no longer be in office.
5: I couldn't agree with you more, and I don't know the law. I don't know if that office uh, is an impeachable office, but I think it should go a whole lot further than that, and I know it's not going to happen under the current administration, but he should really go to jail, because that's the only way to teach these crooks a lesson, Um, for getting away with what they get away with. That's the only thing that would really deter them is to take away their freedom. And in addition to that, he should be sued personally for every single penny that it has cost the taxpayers of this country due to his policies that have destroyed this country, have contributed to destroying this country.
2: You know, that's an interesting point, because even before this, uh, the Republicans were saying... That they thought maybe he should be impeached. And they definitely want to call him on the carpet, especially if they get control of the House. Um, And that was before this. This is like, I agree with you, it's disgusting and it's shameful. And you're right. I also think about if you were one of the border agents and you got totally smeared. I mean, basically the whole agency got smeared as racist. And we know that that absolutely wasn't true, which we knew wouldn't be true anyway. But, you know, now it's in writing confirming, of course, what we all knew. And yet they went out and smeared them. I mean, that's like, that's reckless. It's disgusting. And think about how it's affected all the Border Patrol and especially these agents who had to sit on the desk. Can you imagine you're working your butt off in the heat, dealing with just unforgivable circumstances? I mean, it's so tough out there. And you've got a barrage of people coming through. You're basically a babysitter, you know. I mean, it's a horrible situation. And then... Now you got an administration that calls you racist. It it is. It's disgusting. I'm with you, Jacqueline. Let's go to Jerry. Jerry, line one. Jerry, your thoughts.
0: Hey, Rita. Uh, They're so delusional, so deranged. They don't realize what right and wrong is anymore. They just think their way is the only way. And someone like my my so one of these guys, have to fall you know, and and get put in jail for these people to wake up. I mean, there's right and wrong in this country. There used to be consequences when you did something wrong. And and now it's like whatever it's their way is the only way they think. And it's just, I'm sick of it. I'm in a union. I'm a registered Democrat. And I'm voting every Republican I can.
2: How many of your friends feel the same way, Jared? Because a lot of people are sort of waking up, if you will. How many other people are thinking the same thing you are?
0: Oh, believe me. Believe me, there are plenty. There are plenty. I can't even I can't even figure out anymore how someone could actually vote for a Democrat unless you're delusional. I mean, that's the only way they put they put illegal immigrants. Let me say illegal, not migrants. Illegal migrants. You know, they don't even like to use that word in front of American
2: citizens. Well, that's the sad thing is now they're being put up in a four hundred dollar a night room. Again, I wonder, are they getting tea escargot? Get out lobster, what else are they getting? What about our homeless vets?
1: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
0: Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime.